fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a Friday final day of the work week at least for many not for all if you work on the weekends don't worry i'm right there with you let's do it together but all for those that are ready for a weekend pat yourself on the back my friend you finally did it welcome into it this is the voice reason i am andy hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in wichita kansas on our flagship radio station we are all over the country multiple radio stations and tv and live streaming and podcasting however you watch or listen to the show It's always great to have you along for the ride. Your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. Got a fun show lined up for you today. Uh, Rebecca Terrell, bottom of the hour, she'll be joining us. She is a contributor to The New American, thenewamerican.com. She's also an investigative journalist. She is a great asset that we love having on this program, and we'll talk with her about the latest that she's found on the Biden investigations. As you know, earlier this week, the House of Representatives has officially declared a subpoena for Hunter Biden. And for Joe Biden's brother to come in and testify on some of the findings on the financial records for the Biden family and the corruption that's going on there. So we'll talk with her about the latest there and what that could turn into. We'll also pick her brain a little bit on the Trump investigations with the court hearings and all that shenanigans as well. So uh, all that coming up here a little bit later. First and foremost, we got to say happy Veterans Day to everyone is... It's an important time of year, and it's something that we have. We got to be honest. We never say this enough. Well, Veterans Day or around this time, but we should be saying it every single time that we see a man or woman in uniform or other, I guess. But I doubt that there's many of those <laughs> that are in the actual military. But we don't thank you enough for what you do. And there may be some extremely ungrateful people in this nation that don't understand what the values are of this nation that don't appreciate the values of this nation or like to take advantage of them without understanding why they get to do what they do within this great nation and why you as the veteran fill in the blank name or fill in the blank rank or fill in the blank branch of the military that has fought for this nation, whether long-term or relatively recent, thank you for what you've done. And it is greatly appreciated. And while some, again, it may be those spoiled brats that don't quite understand it and take advantage of that system, we have to say thank you for what you've done. So for all the veterans out there, I know there's specials in your local communities with restaurants or with deals or things uh, just to, to, to do that little thank you. But from our heart to yours at the bottom of my heart, I truly say thank you. I did not sign up for the military. I do not know what you went through. I may, may call myself the millennial general here just because we're trying to lead some rank and file of the craziness from my generation and we try to be a voice of change and voice uh, of common sense for that but i am in no way a military general or have ever been in the military and i give all my hat tip off to you my friends so happy veterans day god bless you all and for what you do and what you fight to protect and whether we agree with different conflicts whether we disagree with different conflicts the fact that you go into it full-hearted knowing that you may not come back and you do it with the idea to defend what America represents, not necessarily what America is. That is something that all of us need to give full gratitude for. So we love you to death. Happy Veterans Day. And we need to cherish our veterans because I honestly don't know how many veterans we're going to have left much as we move forward. According to uh, who is this Newsweek.com, that uh, military recruitment has been dramatically down over the past couple decades. 
like really bad dramatically down. This year, apparently, the Air Force and the Navy are short from their goals of what they wanted for recruitment by near 10,000 recruits for each of those branches, which is a scary thought. They go on to say that since 1987, recruitment overall in active duty personnel has fallen by almost 40% across the nation. And they say the young generation does not want or does not feel like they need to defend their nation or fight for their country. Now, obviously, we could talk about the education system and the lack of patriotism and the hatred for the nation. While they get to enjoy that with their freedom of speech and how bad the nation is, they get to enjoy those benefits by trashing it and talking about how bad it actually is. I have an inkling that those ideals of not wanting to fight for this nation are going to uh, change relatively soon when, God forbid, something terrible happens, another 9-11 happens, or some type of travesty that happens in their community where it shakes them out of this weird delusional um, spell that they're under right now, and it makes them realize what we have here. And what they're fighting for is actually against their best interests at a personal level and for a community level and for a nationwide level. So I'm hoping that it doesn't come to that and that they continue to joy and live happily ever after in their fantasy world while the rest of us recognize what's really going on and we're willing to step up and actually do that because that's just the kind of people we are. That is the difference between adulthood and childhood. When we sometimes don't want to do something, but we do it because we realize we have to and no one else is going to do it for us, so we just have to strap up our boots and do it ourselves, or we can play the victim and say, no one's taking care of me, which is what the progressives are doing. So when the nation's um, future or livelihood is at stake, we know that we still have plenty of Americans willing to rise up and do that, but many of the young generations say that they don't want to. I'm curious on how many of them will actually change that tone when it uh, push comes to shove and something dramatic happens in this nation. So happy Veterans Day. We love you to death. And uh, we'll have that theme throughout the program today. But I want to get to what's trending with some interesting stories for the day. What's trending today? And I have to ask you the basic question, but does it feel like 2023 yet? <laughs> I know. I know we're in the fourth quarter right now. We're actually two months away from 2024. But does it honestly feel like 2023 yet? And what I mean by that is right now, it seems like every day, gets stranger than fiction. It feels like real life has become stranger than fiction. Doesn't that? We have some weird stuff going on in the world. We have the Israeli conflict where we have a a sect, I'm not going to say a large population, but a very vocal sect of the nation that's advocating for a terrorist organization that calls for the death to Jews, the death to Israel, and the death to the United States while we're out there waving their flags. We literally have Joe Biden as a president of the United States where he's shuffling around, tripping upstairs and can't speak a full sentence half the time and has to be injected on steroids to do a 10-minute speech to the American people. As the leader, and I say leader in open quotes here for our radio listeners, as the leader of the nation, quote-unquote, we have gender confusion where we have no clue what we are apparently half the time anymore. We have a weird election right now where Donald Trump is dominating the Republican polls. We have five other candidates out there that's not gaining any traction. And no political expert can make any prediction on what these elections may look like moving forward. And the presidential field continues to get even more strange. And I'm not even talking about the Republican side of the aisle, but I am talking about the Democrat side of the aisle. As, as you know, yesterday we ended the show mentioning this, that there was a big announcement with a certain senator that has chosen not to run for re-election for the U.S. Senate. After months of deliberation and long conversation with my family, I believe in my heart of hearts that I have accomplished what I set out to do for West Virginia. I have made one of the toughest decisions of my life. 
and decided that I will not be running for re-election to the United States Senate. But what I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. To the West Virginians who have put their trust in me and fought side by side to make our state better, it has been my honor of my life to serve you. Thank you. So that was U.S. Senator Joe Manchin from the state of West Virginia, the moderate Democrat. Many Democrats have ousted him, which there's a lot of speculation there. If you know, uh, he was the one that ended up stopping a lot of the Biden administration's agenda early on in the administration, from the infrastructure packages to the Build Back Better plans to a lot of the financing, where he was more on the moderate side. Now, not a Republican by any means. But a more moderate Democrat, kind of the old guard Democrat party that did not like the radical socialism direction that the party has seemed to go towards. According to Democrats today, he would be like for us, the Republican in name only, the rhino. Which means on their end, does that make it a dino? Ooh, see? A dino. We're going to call Joe Manchin a dino, a Democrat in name only. Now, he's still a Democrat, but the progressives would call him that because he's not as progressive as what they want him to be. So he's out, as you know, that the Democrats have been putting up a lot of candidates to run against him in the primary next year because, by golly, you you cross the Democrat establishment and you're gone. The mafia, mobster-run type of Democrat party that they have, you do not cross the establishment Democrats. And if you cross them and fight against what their agenda is, you will now become enemy number one and we will destroy you, which is what they've done. And they've put a Democrat into that race and he's been slowly losing in the polls the closer the election gets. So he's out and not running for re-election. But now the question is, he mentioned something very interesting in this speech. But what I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. As you know, Joe Manchin has been part of the No Labels Party, a very moderate side, and he's talked about running for president before with a Republican as a VP on his ticket with him to try and bring two parties together, hold hands, sing Kumbaya, and try and find the middle ground for everybody to try and bring the unity into the nation. It sounds great. But obviously, with how divisive the two parties are and the ideologies that are in the nation, going to be a very difficult task to do. But there is some type of cry in the nation for a moderate view on the world. I don't quite know what that means. I don't quite know when you're like when you're looking at taxes, for example, we think taxes are too damn high. I want to be part of the taxes or the rent is too damn high party. Remember that guy? Hey, what's what's wrong with the economy? The rent is too damn high. <laughs> I want to be part of that party. Because we realize everything's more expensive. Moderacy, what does that mean? It's kind of more expensive, but not really. It's kind of, we need to find the middle ground here. I don't exactly know what that means. But there is a cry for it because people talk about it quite a bit. So I ask now for you to ponder, is is there a market or a demand for a moderate Democrat, a dino that is now potentially running for a third-party presidential candidacy under the No Labels Party, possibly with a Republican VP that's going to be someone like a John Kasich or a Mitt Ray moderate wishy-washy as well. Chris Christie may actually fall into that relatively nice too, but he's too loud for someone like Joe Manchin. But that would be an interesting ticket for sure as well. Uh, is there a demand among the Democrat voters for that type of candidacy? Now, I say that on top of what we already have, which is Joe Biden that's not appealing to Democrats, and he's already ostracized the radical left who is all about Palestine and anti-Israel and anti-Semitic. He's already lost a lot of the moderate Democrats because, well, he's Joe Biden. Well, I take that back. 
he kind of has lost some of them because he's gone a little too radical and too left-wing, trying to pander to the party that's been hijacked by the socialist movement. But at the same time, he's still good old Uncle Joe that many still see him as. Then they also lost those that want the two-party system to be broken because they don't like the two-party system or the Biden-Trump battle that we could potentially see in 2024 again. But the majority of those have already gone to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And he's right now, honestly, RFK Jr., out of all of them, he's making the big headway. In fact, the latest poll shows that uh, right now he's taking 22%, according to MSNBC, 22% of registered voters are going for RFK Jr., and Biden and Trump are floating right around 35% together, which means he's pulling equally from both sides. And it shows that RFK Jr. is actually winning right now in young voters, which we could talk about and speculate on why he's winning over them as the outsider, as the anti-establishment, as the guy that's relatable, that goes out to like the muscle beach and sit there and does push-ups and chin-ups with all the bodybuilders, or maybe they're just sick of the two-party system. Maybe they don't like Biden and Trump. I don't know what the deal is, but not only is he pulling 22% in overall votes, but he's also appealing to the young voters more so than Trump or Biden. And that's something to take a deeper look at, that being RFK Jr. So as Joe Manchin, if he does decide to run for an independent run, does he have a place in the race... And are there enough moderate Democrats for him to make a substantial difference? But as 2023 goes, it gets even weirder. It's the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, we are. We are your patriot on the prairie. We are your political therapist, uh, therifying you on a daily basis here on the program. Welcome back into it. It is the Voice of Reason. So here's where the 2023 weirdness comes in. I teased that and talked about how strange the world seems right now and how we just can't quite grasp it and how reality has become stranger than fiction, truly, because uh, you just scratch your head some days and you're like, what is going on in the world right now? Here's where the craziness happens. So we have the Biden-Trump ongoing battle. We have five candidates, at least, that are on the Republican side that aren't gaining any traction. We have a few more Democrats that are jumping onto the Democrat side right now, where RFK Jr. has left the Democrat Party, become an independent. We have Jill Stein that has apparently announced her presidential run as well. Gavin Newsom, who hasn't announced yet, but is positioning himself to do so to run against Joe Biden as his poll numbers continue to tank. Think that's the only reasonable, rational thing we're seeing in the world right now, uh, except for the fact that how in the world does he still have 36% support at all boggles my mind. We have Joe Manchin that is not running for the Senate any longer, but has been largely involved with the No Labels Party and could be trying to run as a moderate Democrat or an independent as well. Because he's been ousted from the Democrats. How dare you go against us and go against our agenda? So now we have two independents. One of them, RFK Jr., already pulling 22% in the general polls and winning with the younger generation, really 35 and under right now. And now Joe Manchin that could be coming in trying to do the hold hands in Kumbaya thing. Here's where the crazy part for 2023 happens in the weird world that we live in today. Weird news of the day. And the stranger part is this isn't something that's even been uh, a new thing because it's been ongoing for a while. But apparently another name has surfaced again 
as a potential independent candidate, and that would be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, yes. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? And apparently it's going to be a potential presidential run, as according to Fox News, it's been thrown out there that uh, political parties have been advocating for him to run for president. And the latest poll shows that 46% of Americans would vote for the American actor that was a wrestler that is now a Hollywood star without knowing his political positions. He hasn't talked a lot of politics. He makes little comments here and there. But knowing essentially nothing about him, 46% of Americans in the latest poll reported by Fox News show that they would support someone like Dwayne The Rock Johnson to run for president. When asked about this, here's what he had to say. Quote, "Uh, that was an interesting poll that happened, and I was really moved by that. And what's really blowing me away I was really honored, he said, according to the podcast uh, with Trevor Noah. At the end of the year in 2022, I got a visit from the parties asking me if I was going to run and if I could run. It was a big deal, and it came out of the blue, and it was one after the other. They brought up that poll, which also brought up their own deep dive research that would prove ever I should decide to go down that road. And as Trevor Noah asked, would you be a real contender? He said, yes, it would be very surreal. It's never something that I really thought about, but it's definitely something that I would consider moving down the road as well. Which, fine, okay, you want something different. But does this not prove that the celebrity thing sells? We don't even need to talk about issues any longer. It is The level, the bar has been set so low that you don't even need to know their positions. And they're like, hey, he's a cool guy. Let's just vote him in because why the hell not? We don't like what's going on. This proves that the standard just politician type is not appealing, which is why Donald Trump won, which is why Vivek Ramaswamy is doing well in the in the Republican ranks right now for the primaries. And someone like RFK Jr., who's been a non-politician, so to speak, is doing well and why The Rock is doing well. It's not about your issues. It's not about your platform. It's strictly about are you a non-politician and are you likable among the masses? That is the level that we have set ourselves at to be in the political realm today. I'm telling you, we already tried that social experiment. It was called Arnold Schwarzenegger is the former gummy bear of Cambicornia. And it didn't work out too well. And please don't do it, The Rock. Because I love you. I love your movies. I really don't want to be angry at you for stupid things that you have to say if you jump into politics. Please don't. Let me preserve a little bit of a Hollywood likeness that I have for certain actors, please. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason, common sense, rational, that's what we do. It is a minority in society today, but it is a majority right here on the program, and that's why we flock here. The Hoosier Holics gathering on a daily basis. What a wild concept to think that we have Dwayne The Rock Johnson as a potential presidential candidate in the latest poll released by Fox News shows that 46% of Americans would consider voting for him or actually vote for him know a platform but yet man he's a celebrity he's a celebrity and that's what people are looking for i i think that resonates with the idea that we want an outsider we don't want someone in the establishment and we don't care whether they're efficient or not we just want them to be cool and relatable to us uh to the american public and uh, that's that's wild i again caution you and warn you because we already had the gummy bear candy cornia aka arnold schwarzenegger that uh that did that oh so unwell in the state of california 
as uh, being that celebrity. And it kind of ruined the fact that I loved him as an actor and then didn't like a lot of what he did. So please don't, Rock, because I enjoy you as an actor and a Hollywood guy, and you seem like a really nice dude, and you do help out a lot of veterans and do some cool stuff. But please don't. Please don't. Let's get into what's trending and shift gears here, shall we? What a weird world. What's trending today? Telling you, 2023, where life is stranger than fiction in today's times. But uh, as we do that, uh, there's obviously a lot of investigations and some criminal activity going on that we're trying to just wrap our heads around. We have the ongoing court hearings from Donald Trump. We'll talk about that for a little bit and the ongoing Biden investigations as well. And we had to bring on one of our favorite guests here on the program to break all of this down for us as she is with The New American, thenewamerican.com. Happy to have on here Rebecca Terrell. Rebecca, good to talk to you again. How are you? It's great to be here, Andy. Thank you so much. Yeah, so much to talk about, and it's hard to figure out where to even start sometimes. But uh, let's start with the news that we heard from this week of the subpoenas that have been handed down to bring in Hunter Biden, bring in the brother of Joe Biden to testify with the ongoing investigations. The media saying there's obviously nothing here. It's an absolute nothing burger. And the fact that we're even trying to do this shows that it's just politics going into election year. Is that true, or are we starting to finally see some facts come out here? You know, it's so hypocritical that the Democrats, they go for Trump's jugular, accusing him of receiving compensation from foreign sources. They say he violated the Emoluments Clause of the U.S. Constitution, which prohibits federal officeholders from receiving gifts or payments from foreign countries or, or foreign people without congressional consent. Yet they turn a blind eye to this kind of evidence, which Comer obviously has. Um, and you can go on to the House Oversight Committee website and read it all. It's it's amazing the amount. We don't even need that, though. Peter Schweitzer published his book last year that called Red Handed, and he talked about how the Biden family has benefited from ties to China to the tune of tens of millions of dollars. And that's in recent years. That's not just, you know, the the mainstream media is going to say, oh, they're just talking about a period when Biden wasn't even in office Yeah, about loan payments to a brother. Lots of brothers help each other. Comer and his own brother have helped each other out. And look at their shady business dealings in Kentucky with agricultural land there when Comer was involved in the agriculture, uh, held office in agriculture in Kentucky. It, you're like, okay, where's China? Right. <laughs> we, we've got with the Bidens, we've got China, we've got Ukraine, we've got Russia, we've got all of this. Everything that seems like they accused Trump of is exactly what, you know, it seems like by the looks of things, Biden's guilty of. So, you know, I, I just, I think it's great that they have finally, I think it's, it's a long time, it's been a long time coming. I do wonder about the timetable here. Why has it taken so long? Yeah, because like I said, we knew about all this when Peter Schweitzer published his book last year, and that's not the only book either. Um, Alex Marlowe just published his Breaking Biden uh, book, and it traces Biden's 50-year career in Washington and the web of foreign ties of which he's the center. And you have to go to okay, wait, he's been in, he's been a public servant. I'm putting that in quotes for 50 years. Wow. Oh, where did all this money come from? How do you have loans? How can you just give loans of hundreds of thousands of dollars to people that are paid back? If you've been this public servant, for it, he has houses galore. He has all of this. Where did all the money come from? We're not allowed you know? to ask that question. Yeah, we can't mm-hmm. ask that. That's right. 
That's right. But now Comer is asking it, and I think it's high time somebody did. But yeah, it's actually at least 20 subpoenas. I think he promised two dozen. And so it's not just Hunter and, and James Biden, but it's Sarah Biden. It's Hunter's wife, uh, Bo's uh, widow, and then the art dealers, you know, with Hunter, Hunter Biden's crazy art. Have you seen some of that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't pay <laughs> as much money as what they went for. I'm not an art person, so I can't tell how much it's worth, but I know it's not worth as much as what it's going for. Exactly. I wanted to say, wow, I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can paint like that, too. Yeah. <laughs> It's well. I had no idea. I, I had no idea how harder. valuable this is. I just got to rub my nine-year-old child and smear paint across it, and all of a sudden that'll uh, that'll work out great. Why not? Uh, you're right. It is it is a weird and how ironic is look in the mirror and everything that they blame Donald Trump for, and that has come yeah. out to be absolutely insanely untrue is exactly what the Bidens, what the Clintons, what the Obamas have been doing for a long time. And this isn't some type of crazy radical conspiracy theory. I mean, this is literally hard documents that we have proving this stuff, isn't it? It is. And I think it's funny, too, that they do. They are zeroing in on this $40,000 check that Sarah Biden wrote to to, um, to her brother-in-law um, in 2018. And granted, yeah, he wasn't in office at that time for that short period of time when between his vice presidency and his presidency. Um, I'm really not sure why they are focusing on that because we have so many more. Uh, Schweitzer says that since Joe Biden, when Joe Biden became vice president, he received some $31 million from Chinese power brokers with links to Chinese intelligence. There are emails from Hunter Biden, of course, his laptop. You know, you have to run back through the lies, too. The laptop was Russian disinformation. It wasn't. Yeah. And Joe Biden's family never received money from China. They did. We have the receipts. Joe Biden never received any money while he was VP. Yes, he did. We know that now because of the evidence that they've compiled. Joe Biden never communicated with any of Hunter's business contacts. Yes, he did. And and Comer has actually on the web, on his website on the House Oversight Committee website, you can read 16 times that Joe Biden lied to the press. <laughs> and he has video evidence of Joe Biden telling, tell, insisting to the press, I never talked to any of my son's business associates, foreign business associates. Yeah. Uh, you know, time and time and time again, we have him out of his own lips lying because we do know from the laptop, which was not Russian disinformation, that yes, he did. What is the potential ramifications with all this? And like you said, you were asking on when, uh, why it took so long for this to happen. I remember Jim Jordan saying a comment about that a few months ago, saying that they they didn't want to make it political. They wanted to make sure they had all their ducks in a row, their 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 eyes dotted, right. their teeth crossed to make sure everything was done. Which I get, but now we are right. going into a, an election season, and whether we want it to look that way or not. Of course, yeah. that's how it's going to be spun, is that it's nothing more than a political spin during election time. Uh, so what could potentially ramifications be? Will it go to some type of lawsuit going after him? Would it lead to an impeachment during election time? What, like, what could this be? Well, you know, it could be all of the above, and I don't have a crystal ball to, to tell. But I will say, too, you can tell what they're starting to do. They know Joe Biden is not, I mean, he's just he's a, a loser for them it's a, it's a he's a loser candidate you know going into 2024 and so they're trying to make the the you can tell they're trying to focus the um, election on issues like abortion like look at what happened in ohio yeah. uh earlier this week and you've got a red state 
that voted parental consent out of all issues concerning abortion, contraception, gender dysphoria. I just don't believe that. I'm sorry in this age of, of course, everybody acts like election fraud is a new thing since 2020. No, come on. Yeah. Well, and you you have the state of Ohio where, I mean, that's where I grew up. You have Cleveland, you have Columbus, you have Cincinnati that dominates the elections there. And it's been a purple state for a while, which leads to, I don't know if you've talked to anybody else about this, but I think we've been the only ones on this program mentioning this concept about creating an electoral college at a statewide level to build in protections from cities dominating the entire state politics. Is that a possibility, do you think now? Oh, I think absolutely, and it would make a lot of sense. I mean, when you study the Electoral College, you see the wisdom of the founders and setting it up so to allow for just to to prevent just that kind of thing from happening. Happening because yeah, the cities tend to be more liberal parts of the state. Yeah. Rural tends to be more conservative. But um, but you know, but my point is, I think that they're trying to that even the Democratic Party is trying to distance themselves yeah. from from Joe Biden coming into. The, the election next year, which is a wise thing to do, I think, because every day he blunders. Every day they can't trust him with a microphone anymore. It's, it's really kind of, it, to me, it's rather sad. I, I don't like to see elderly people being taken advantage of. I don't care what his background is. Um, once once you get to that certain point, you see some mental decline going on. Um, I, I just, I feel like the machine is using him yeah. As much as they can, um, I'm not exonerating him from anything, any wrongs he's done in the past. But they're again, squeezing the life out of him. Yeah, they, yeah, they really right. Are. They really are. And which, I don't, I don't like to see that. Uh, I agree. We got to take a break here in just a second. It's Rebecca Terrell with the New American, an investigative journalist. We love having her on here. Uh, when we come back, I want to do some speculation. Is as they do squeeze the life out of him, and he continues to dwindle in the polls. What does that replacement look like? Is it a Gavin Newsom, which has kind of been the talk of the town lately? Is it a Michelle Obama that uh, many are speculating as well? Or we just saw uh, Joe Manchin step away from West Virginia and looking at that no labels party wanting to bring moderacy back into politics, holding hands, singing kumbaya with uh, maybe a potential Republican there as well. Does he have a slot when Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is pulling 22% right now, winning when it comes to the younger generation? So what's the political landscape looking like in the presidential race as we get closer to that? We'll do that when we come back here. It's Rebecca Terrell with The New American, thenewamerican.com. we got lots more to get to right around the corner here on a Friday for The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. What a crazy, wild, radical world that we live in. By the way, yesterday, we ended up doing kind of a recap of the presidential debate for the Republican side. That was Numero Trois, number three of the presidential debates. And according to the latest survey... From, was this Ras? Was it Rasmussen? No. Newsmax.com. The ratings for the Republican Party debates have plunged 71% since 2015. Now, obviously, that was really one of the last times when Donald Trump did, did big debates, but the blame is going on to Ronna McDaniel, the chairwoman for the RNC, because of how they're organizing these debates, which makes sense. I don't know why we have Democrats trying to attack Republicans during a Republican debate. 
as opposed to Republicans asking Republican questions to Republicans during a presidential debate. <laughs> I know it's a wild concept. But apparently that's what we have, and which is why, according to Newsmax.com, we've seen 71% in ratings drops since 2015 on presidential debates uh, for the last few years. Which begs the question, are people even concerned about the Republican primary contenders out there challenging Donald Trump as Donald Trump continues to widen that lead? We're talking with Rebecca Terrell, the new American, thenewamerican.com. Rebecca, your, your thoughts here, I mean, obviously Donald Trump is still dominating in the polls the other candidates are decent. There's a lot of good ones out there. Personally, I'm a big fan of Avake Ramaswamy with what he says on that debate stage. But at the same time, none of them have a chance. What's what's the end goal, do you think, for some of these candidates? The end goal, I, you know, I think that we, I look at Washington, D.C. As, as, like Donald Trump said, the, the swamp. Um, there is a machine behind pulling all these puppet strings, no matter who's in office, we keep going forward toward this becoming more of a communist new country. Uh, and that has been happening for more than a hundred years. Yeah. Uh, we know that, uh, and it really goes right back to the council on foreign relations with the insiders. And I, you know, this gets into the conspiracy theory. Well, everybody needs to remember the term conspiracy theory was demonized by the CIA to try to squelch people who questioned the Kennedy, you know, the, the lone shooter in the Kennedy assassination, sure. to to demonize and, and discredit those who said, "Wait, this doesn't this doesn't make any sense. This isn't adding up." And isn't that what we're seeing now? Nothing nothing that's going on makes sense or adds up. Um, we do we know that with one exception, since 1940, every single U.S. Secretary of State has been a CFR or Trilateral Commission member or both. They get their marching orders from those organizations. They're, they're private organizations. Hillary Clinton exulted when the CFR opened an office in Washington, D.C. while she was Secretary of State. She actually said, I'm glad I won't have to travel so far to be told what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> she was referring to their to their headquarters in New York. She wouldn't have to travel there. She could go down the street in Washington, D.C. Every single Secretary of War or Defense since 1940 has been a member. Nearly all CIA directors and every key U.S. national security and foreign policy advisor has been a CFR member since that time. Um, we know that 100 years ago in 1922, Michigan, the Michigan state and local law enforcement raided the secret convention of the Communist Party of America. And they seized documents that proved infiltration in every single political party at the time, every branch and agency of the United States federal government, especially the State Department and the Treasury Department. That has not gotten better since that time. Yeah, they are they are dictating what goes on. And I know you mentioned before we went to break. You mentioned um, RFK Jr. and you know he's great on vaccines. But what? Look at him on um, climate change. Yeah, so he's just as radical as any of them. You mentioned Vivek Ramaswamy. I understand why you're a fan because he has a lot of things that he says that are great. But you look. I have a 12-page dossier on that man. Yeah. He is. Uh, he's a snake in the grass. He wants to. He wants to reform the Fed. You can't reform. If you reform the Fed, you make it stronger. Right. The Fed is a private banking cartel that literally stole our gold and gave us paper money in return. They literally made money to make it useless. And he wants to reform this. He's for Mark Meckler's Convention of States, too. He's come out absolutely in favor of that. He's in favor of a lot of things that are. He wants to close down certain federal agencies 
but then stri- transfer the power to other federal agencies and strengthen them. Yeah, it's, so, it's very strange. You're right. Yeah. I, I mean, it is. Yeah. It's a very strange world. Like you said, reality is stranger than fiction. And Rebecca, I blame the reactivation of CERN on all this. I think there's some weird <laughs> stuff going on. I think that's what's going on here. It's Rebecca Terrell, the new American.com. Go and check out all her stuff. You also got some really big, cool stuff going on here soon that we got to get you back on to tease in just a little bit as well. Rebecca, let's get you back on again soon. What do you say? Sounds great, Andy. Thank you so much. Love it. Always appreciate it. Always love having you on the show. We'll do it again real soon. That does it for us today and for the week. Make sure we got our syndicated program this weekend. Don't miss that. We have some really crazy stuff to talk about there. Until then, everybody have a great weekend. We're back at it again on Monday. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.